Hey, hey, and welcome to the With Passion Podcast. I'm your hostess, Haley Ramsey. I'm a multi-passionate wife and homeschooling mama of little. Between my husband and I, we run three businesses and have created a lifestyle that revolves around our home. As we have grown in the love of Christ, our passions have naturally seeped into everything we do. This podcast is a wholehearted, biblical approach to all things homemaking, parenthood, and intentional living, and doing it all with, of course, passion. Think of this as a conversation while our littles are playing, or we're out for ladies' night, or we invited you and your family to sit around our table eating the famous Ramsey Fam pizza recipe. We'll chat about everything, from countercultural parenting to being intentional in our home, And don't be surprised when a few unpopular opinions are mixed within the conversation. I am so glad you are here with me. Thanks for tuning in to little snippets of my life driven with passion. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the With Passion podcast. Or if it's your first time, hi, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm excited for this episode. But first, a quick reminder about my favorite things giveaway. This is the last episode you can enter on. All you have to do is write a review, give some stars, and share it on social media and tag me at the Ramsey House so I can see it. Okay, you are all in for such a treat. I have another guest on the podcast today. Her and I crossed paths in Colorado for years, but we didn't know it, and we officially met soon after I moved to Wisconsin. Our friendship began with our love and passions for home, caring for our littles in the most natural ways, and choosing health over convenience, and making decisions based on scripture and convictions. She has truly become a soul sister, someone who understands me better than most, and I'm honored for her to be here today. She is wise, thoughtful, intentional, an amazing wife and homemaker, mother and friend. I look up to her every day, and I always feel the need to write down the things she says because she has a gift of teaching and communicating. So be sure to get out a pen and paper before we get started. So if you haven't guessed who she is by now, her name is Stephanie Trinkle, and it's currently 8 or 9 p.m. for both of us. So this episode is so timely, and the timing fits so well with the topics we're going to discuss. Steph's passion for her home is rooted in the Lord, and I've described her passion as quiet, fierce, and fiery. I'm grateful and excited for all the wisdom and insight she has to share with you all. So, Steph, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm weepy already. (laughs) Thank you, Haley. I'm so excited. (laughs) You are welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. So, kind of give, you know, how would you introduce yourself these days? Who are you? What do you do for those of you who don't know you? I am Stephanie. Everyone calls me Steph. I don't know how it happened, but it did. And I'm a wife and a mom and a follower of Jesus. And that is who I am. And these days I've been spending 90% of my time and energy and focus on building my home and starting to homeschool my three-year-olds. I love it. Somehow, Steph and I have always been in the same, not only season of life, but legitimately doing the exact same things (laughs) in our home and with our kids. 
for years now, which is so, so fun. Um, so I love that. It's really it's like sweet. anytime you start something, I'm like, oh, wait, I did that. I think I like bought a sewing machine and you're like, wait, I just got a sewing I machine. <laughs> but it's literally like that all the time. Yes. It's every so day. funny. It is. And I love it. All right. So what is your story with passion? Like the how and why your passion began and grew and what they are today? Okay. So I grew up as an athlete and I played softball. I was calculating it today and I played for 14 years. So from the time I was eight years old until I graduated college at 22 and I played year round. So literally nonstop, I played softball and I just loved it. And thinking about the things that I loved, I just like loved the team. Like I was never, you know how some girls are like, I'm a guy's girl. I'm like, I was always a girl's girl through and through. Like I loved having girlfriends. I had very few friends that were guys, but a lot of it was just like my team and cheering them on and being like in the dugout and working towards a common goal. And I just always loved that so much through college. And college is when I really, um, grew in my relationship with Jesus. And then like my love of women just flipped because then you start seeing them as daughters of a king. And that goes from like, oh, it's fun to win trophies to like, oh, you matter so much. And just like really learning about like the heart of my friends and my teammates. And then I feel like through marriage, really learning like my identity as a wife and what that looks like and the heart of a woman in that. And then I had a son and I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. There's another gender here. I should probably pay attention to, right? Like, I know I should have clicked with a husband, but it like took me having a son to be like, okay, like what's God's design for men? And, um, I'm in a really sweet season where I have an 18 month old daughter. And so after getting to explore the heart of a man, getting to like see feminine beauty from like the innateness of it has been really special. So I would say my passion has always been for women and has grown into um, a love of what God says about women. And that has turned into just this love of homemaking and this passion for homeschooling and just things that women were, were created to just do these nurturing things and just how to find so much joy and purpose in a world that tells you kind of that it's useless or boring. And so that has just been really my journey there. I love that. It's so fun. You know, I know your story. I know who you are, but just thinking, I don't know, just hearing you say it in such a different way or just especially with kids, I think, you know, that I experienced the opposite, just thinking of, you know, a, a passion for women or my home, you know, like I had Liliana first and mm -hmm. it was just all girl. And then when Finley came, we didn't know we were having a boy. And even though obviously I had a husband, have a husband, you know, it wasn't like, it was just different. And as you were talking, I was like, you know what, it's because we created our kids. Like, mm -hmm. it, and even if it is adoption or a different path of having a kid, I do think there is just this unique, special intimacy that it's like a, you're creating it. It's not just another human being that you're joining with. 
And I mm -hmm. think even since having a boy, we are like reading all these books on how to raise boys, how to, you know, discipline them because it's so different than girls. And I mm -hmm. almost feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like Liliana is so girly and so feminine that it was, it just kind of came natural for me and Alexander because he, he's her dad, you know, but yeah. then having a boy, it was almost like, I remember telling you all the time, like, I'm a boy mom. Like I have a different identity. I'm a, I'm a mom of a boy, not. It really is shocking. Girl. Yeah. To go from like being one. Cause I thought I still look at Shiloh. Like I'm obsessed with Judah. He's hilarious and so fun and just like so sweet. I just love his personality, but I still can't believe Shiloh. Like him, I feel like I get him and he's part of me. And with her, I just look at her sometimes. I'm like, how are you real? Like, how do I have a daughter? It's so crazy. Oh, I love that. And I think that's also maybe second born. Like, you know, your first so well, mm -hmm. and then you have another baby. And I just remember thinking, I know that I love Finley, but I know absolutely nothing about him. And it almost scared me because I knew ever I know everything about Liliana. I never had to go back to the beginning because it was just all new. So I didn't even think about it. And I right. remember almost battling with that and being like, but I don't want Liliana more, but I kind of do because it feels more familiar or something yeah. like that. I don't know. But totally. I, I, yeah. And I think just with your passion, I think with um, just going back to even your college years and just being the athlete and, you know, leading women in a certain way and having that community, I think it just makes sense then what you're doing with your life and in your home. You know, it was, it just seems like God really prepared you in those seasons to be able to do what you are doing today, you know, in your home, but also creating communities of women and leading women in certain ways. But then, you know, this weekend you're hosting 60 people at your house. You know, like it's like the hindsight in it is like, whoa, like you are, you were so prepared to be a boy mom, to be a girl mom to host the 60 people and <laughs> you are prepared just to do all of that. It's just, it is really cool to see where passions begin, you know, and grow because mm -hmm. they're just not from us. Totally. And that, if I can say, is just like what God did in me is he just gave me this desire of my heart that was truly an idol, which was being a college athlete. And I feel so many people have a story where something was taken from them and mine is just the opposite where it was just given to me. And in that his grace somehow still pointed me to see like the deeper heart issue behind everything. And I still to this day just cannot believe his mercy over that of just taking me there, even though it was totally all about me and my selfish ambition. And he just gave it to me anyways. Hmm. I think that's such just a test of his faithfulness. You know, even when we are not faithful, he still is. And I don't know. I just think that's cool. And also that you notice it, that it's not just a, I don't know, I just had it, you know, and like it, it is from the Lord. Like he, he obviously gave that to you. He didn't have to take something away from you and he saw it as good. Um, mm -hmm. It's just really sweet. That's cool. So um, well, when I thought of interviewing people on my podcast, you were top of the list. 
Um, your passions are obviously strong, they are fierce, but they are displayed very quietly. Like you're not on social media anymore and you're not on the loud platform. So why have you chosen the quiet and less flashy way of living? Okay, so I really think that I just hit burnout and that word is so, it's so overused. I'm sorry, but that's where I was. And I just, it was last December and I just remember like reading someone's comments on Instagram, probably a Christian attacking a Christian and just being like, I just need a break from this. It's Christmas. And so I was like, I'm just going to take like the, I'm going to take Advent and I'm going to take it off of Instagram. And then I got to December or to January and I'm like, I am so not ready for it. And then, and like in this time I'm processing through like a word of the year and the Lord really put foundation on my heart. And so when I start thinking about the foundation, I was about to turn 29 and I'm like, what's the foundation that I want to walk into my third decade of life with? And the deeper that I looked, the more I just saw that social media, Instagram for me in particular was like this validation of what I'm doing in my home. Is it good enough? Like, is it only good because it's being recognized by people? And because you do like, when you share things, people ask you questions and they ask you, like they tell you you're doing a good job and it feels really good as a stay at home mom to like hear someone say that you're doing a good job, right? That's like our biggest complaint as stay at home moms is <laughs> there's no recognition and my husband gets his quarterly reviews as though we really want to sit through those, right? Like I just feel like I felt that so much of like, is this important only because other people are telling me it's important or is this important because God says that it's important what I'm doing in my home right now. And so in that, I took a step back and I really felt the Lord asking like, or telling me like, what do you think if, if you die tomorrow, your Instagram followers, some of them will be sad because they know you and they're friends with you. And it might be a little shocking, right? But like, it's not going to deeply affect them the way that it's going to deeply affect your home. And for me, that just like sealed the deal of like, this is what's important. And this is where I want to spend my time. And I don't want to continue pushing these things aside, getting frustrated with my three-year-old for being three, because I need to put something on social media for someone else to tell me I'm doing a good job. And so um, the verse in First Thessalonians 4.11, I'm just going to read it so I don't miss quote it. It says, make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Um, and then the verse in verse 12, it basically goes on to say that your good deeds, like it's the fruit of your life and people will notice that and it is going to glorify God in your, your good deeds and, and the fruit of your life that's coming out of it. And so I just like got really curious, like, okay, ambition, like how is me being quiet, ambitious, right? Because we like want to be heard and we want to like speak out on what we believe in, like how, and then you think like, obviously Jesus was the ambitious and quiet because he's perfect. And this says that that's what we should do. So obviously Jesus did that. And it didn't mean that he shied away from things. It just meant that he wasn't flashy about it. And so 
Um, I really liked the mind your own business part. As I said, I was reading other people's comments <laughs> when I had my epiphany, like I got to get off of here. That's not minding my own business. That's getting into the nitty gritty of the drama that someone else is causing on there. And then working with my own hands has been like the best part of my year. And in a way of taking care of my home and cooking meals, I literally couldn't cook two years ago and like cooking 90% of our meals at home from scratch and feeling really good about how decluttered my house is and that it's never a big deal to have someone over because I don't have to pick things up. I just have to vacuum things that I just never thought were possible, but I was always wanting to pay someone else to do it. Right. I'm just going to pay a house cleaner and then like everything will be better. Or I'm just going to like have that meal service or someone else deliver my groceries. Like I just was outsourcing things that when I've stepped back and used my own hands to care for my home in this way, I just feel so fulfilled and purposeful and I see the peace and joy it brings to my home. Oh man, Steph, we could just stop there and all of us would get off social media because <laughs> I, I just think it's like... I just, I mean, I remember last year, it was almost around this time. I mean, we're not far from the advent, you know, Christmas season. There's Christmas stuff already out. I was in a store today and I'm like, it is too early. It's mm -hmm. too early. We don't need Christmas stuff yet. It's not even into fall. And I just think it is such a part of our culture. And I literally remember you texting me saying, I know you're not on social media because I jumped off like early December or something like that. And you're like, all right, I'm, I'm going to be done. I can't stand all these moms bashing other moms about Christmas. <laughs> it was, it was, what is happening? I was just like, literally can't, can't handle it anymore. <laughs> it's, it's like, so, but like to even say that <laughs> sentence is so weird. Like, why does that happen. And I think in that verse, I think that verse has been a huge kind of guiding post in my last few years as well. Um, and I think another version of, oh, I don't remember exactly what you said, but it's almost like, do not be a meddler. Mm. And I love that. Like, do not meddle in your, like, meddle in your neighbor's life. Like, don't be a meddler. And I think I love that. And I was having a conversation with Alexander even just a just a month or two ago. And I was like, you know, I a lot of our neighbors haven't even been inside of our home, but all my followers on Instagram have. You know, why, why is that? You know, like why is it not in person anymore? Why haven't all of our neighbors seen the inside of our home? And I think we've both been influential in each other's lives of, you know, I got back on Instagram sometime in December and I feel like I kind of like jumped into it too quickly. And I remember almost feeling anxious and then I jumped back off and I was off for six months. And I definitely went through like a oh, I kind of miss it because it was a really creative outlet for me. I loved creating community. But then the other hand, I was like, no, like I'm never getting back on. You know, I I really don't want to. 
Um, and I think I just missed the community aspect. I met some friends on Instagram and it was just a fun way for us to talk. I like creating certain things and it's been really fun being back on Instagram just the last few weeks. Um, but you, you truly have been like really influential, I feel like in that way and just seeing all of your pursuits. And it's so fun because as soon as I jumped back on Instagram, you know, I know they kind of alter what you're seeing in a way, you know, you click on one post and then it comes up with all these accounts speaking on the same thing, but I didn't even click on any posts yet. And it came up with all of these other women saying the same messages that we have been saying to each other for the last year when we haven't been on social media. And there truly is this, I don't know, like there's just this new era of women wanting to stay home and not feeling like they have to earn money or have to bring in income or have to be outside of your house. And like you said, you know, making it your ambition. I mean, that that's a big word. And I think it has positive and negative meanings in our culture. You know, if someone's ambitious, you're kind of like, why are they ambitious? You know, or you're like, wow, way to go. You know, you kind of congratulate them. And I just think if we're supposed to be ambitious towards leading a life of quiet, yeah, I mean, what what does that look like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to speak to women across our country right now and this movement is just so Holy Spirit-led. There's no other way to describe it than to say that what's been put on my heart and what's been put on your heart is from the Holy Spirit. And this is part of God's desire right now is for us to own family again. And I think a big step of owning family is as women not resenting family. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. I think, um, I don't know, just looking at history, you know, I really feel like, and I, I've shared these words on social media, but just, I really feel like God has prepped and almost like not equipped, which is kind of crazy. Like God has just like prepped this generation of women to be home and maybe prepared isn't this the right word either because there have there's a generation lost of how to cook of how to bake of how to sew of how to do certain things that our grandmas probably know how to can food and store it for winter you know like there there's almost this one or two generations that were lost in that but our hearts have been prepped for it you know, we, we've had this longing for it, even though we're not equipped. But isn't that like exactly who God would call? Yes. And I right? think that that's part of like the joy and the purpose in it is like learning something new, making it with your own hands. And then in that watching the people that you love most in the world, not wondering like, oh, who's this customer who just ordered this from me? And also this like is not a hate fest on business because another passion for both of us, right? Like, but just like watching your families eat a meal that you prepared is like so special. And it's just something that I don't know. I had a, a friend at my Bible study this week and she was like raving about 
how she like spent all day making sourdough dinner rolls. It was the first thing she made from her starter. And I just felt so weepy, like listening to her because she was like, my three-year-old loved it. And my husband was so happy about it. And I could just see it. I'm like, that is it. That is what I have felt all year long. And like watching other women experience that in a place where like it would make sense if if she launched a business and sold a bunch of things in one week and everyone would be like, oh, it totally makes sense that you got joy out of that. But to watch something that simple, that's really, it's not simple. Like feeding your family and the connection that comes through being nourished on an emotional and physical level is so important. And you just like watch Jesus dine with people all throughout the gospels, right? And so it's like, it's not little, but for some reason we've chalked it up to little and watching someone get so much joy out of it. Just like, it's just so fun. Hmm. I think what you said a couple of minutes ago of, you know, ordering a meal service or having someone clean your home or something like that. Like I almost think we can believe, and I and I don't think those are necessarily bad in and of themselves. I think there are maybe even seasons for that, or mm-hmm. you know, like that's that's really helpful and that's such a gift. And I I don't want to say that you shouldn't get your house cleaned or anything like that, but I do think, on average, we might say that out of exhaustion, thinking, "Ugh, then I'll feel peace." You know, if someone could just take care of my mess, then I'll feel peace. Or, oh, if I didn't have to cook dinner every night, then I would just be a happy wife when my husband walks through the door. Or then I, you know, if I was cooking and my toddler's throwing a tantrum, I wouldn't have to deal with that. You know, like we we almost just put peace as an equation of mm-hmm. something that we're going to get when in reality, one, it's not about us. And two... I think just like you said of your friend creating the and making the sourdough rolls, I mean, that in and of itself could seem really stressful and not quiet or peaceful, but her whole family loved it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that right there is like quiet and peaceful and no one had to see it, you know, it didn't have to be doing anything or any sort of flashiness or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with, um, I think there's inconvenience or I think there's conveniences in our modern world that are awesome. And I think that we are so fortunate to live in a time and place where we can choose those conveniences. I noticed, cause I was the girl who was getting my house cleaned, who was having my groceries delivered, who was having my husband cook at least half of the meals, if not more after being in an office all day. And then I had my Roomba that would also vacuum for me. Just like so many things that I really felt like I was outsourcing. And I think that that takes away like this purposefulness in your life. And so I am like all for the mom in her third trimester who can't lean over her belly and wants to enjoy her first 40 days with her baby, having someone else scrub her tub. Like literally who wants to do that? We shouldn't have to do that. And I think that's like a great place for community and conveniences to step in. But I think when we think that convenience 
is what is going to fulfill us or bring us joy or rest or peace. We're completely missing the gospel and we're completely missing who Jesus is supposed to be for us. And that in that verse, when it says just working with your hands, just looking. And I know this is why so many people love gardening, right? It's just Mm -hmm. getting your hands in the dirt and doing that kind of stuff. And I, and there's just so many ways to do it. Like someone could hate laundry and have a laundry service, but like love cooking a home cooked meal or love gardening or love sewing or crafting with their kids. Like it's not just this one size fits all. And there's so much individuality in us as women that should be celebrated. But I will say if you're rushing through the tasks, the mundane tasks that God has set in front of you as a mom, what are you rushing to? I was rushing to an episode of Friends that I've seen 37 times at the end of the (laughs) night. And I just got sick of rushing to that. It's just not, that's not where I was finding fulfillment. Mm -hmm. I think that rushing, I think that just reminds me of bedtime. You know, the toddler won't stay in bed. And it honestly, I think of the times when I'm trying to rush, you know, my four and a half year old, she just won't go to bed. But if I take time, I experienced this tonight. If I take the time to breathe with her and tell her, you know, like, well, Jesus, like repeat in your head, you know, Jesus is my joy and he is peace. She fell right to sleep. I mean, imagine that, but why wouldn't she fall right to sleep? You know, I mean, it's just like, when we're rushing, you know, we know this, like we're moms and moms set the tone of the home. They just do. And our littles, they can feel when we're rushed and no one likes to be rushed. You know, I think it was John Mark Comer, who's been a really big leader for both of us in this kind of way of living, just said, you know, parenting when done well is is just slow. You know, Mm -hmm. there's no hurry. There's no rushing, you know, but it you can do parenting one way and you can do parenting another way. And if you want to do it well, you just don't hurry. <laughs> and I think I just love that. Um, I don't know. I, I totally, I just kept nodding to everything that you were saying. And I think something with kind of this new wave of women being home is almost like we, I, I'm speaking just in a general sense, you know, in a general sense, our culture, because of moms going into the work field and, you know, I'm, I'm not against women working or anything. I just think if their priority isn't first their home, you know, then the the family wife will be like, life will be like a little unsteady. And, but I just think, you know, again, in this kind of new era of our culture, women staying home wives and moms wanting to stay home and create that, I think sometimes it does feel hectic because there has to be some sort of rhythm to your days. And whether it's you have your own set of rhythms or rhythms with your kids, or you tell your spouse before you leave for work, I need 30 minutes, you know, because I'm going to be home with the kids all day. And I know we're both huge on rhythms and rhythms just kind of orchestrating our days, especially with our littles. I mean, we would lead talks and kind of classes on that. We created a whole rhythms guide, you know, all of these things. And I feel like rhythms have really been super helpful 
um, and just almost changing my language with saying rhythms compared to routine. So how would you define rhythms compared to the word routine? Um, and just like, why does this like draw you closer to Jesus? Okay. Um, I grew up thinking I was type A. I learned my parents are type A and I'm an only child and it was really easy for them to help me be successful in that environment. But like, as I'm trying to manage my own home, I would find myself like if I could just go back to past journals and look at my like ideal morning routine and the expectations that I put in myself, it would be like 5 a.m. Wake up 502 brush teeth 505 make my bed like honestly. And by the time it's seven o'clock, I've worked out, ate a healthy breakfast, had my lemon water and my coffee and did a 45 minute Bible study and got dressed and went to work. And I'm just like, like, just like making life this crazy rigid checklist that if you miss one part of it, you honestly feel like you failed. And I think that rhythms takes the failure out of planning your days and it gives you touch points instead of like, this is what I have to do. And so one example of that I'll use is that I just this year created a rhythm for like cleaning one part of my house each day of the week. And I'll clean it for honestly, honestly, as long as my kids will let me. And on Tuesdays, I clean the toilets because that makes sense to my brain. Mm. And so I will start cleaning and if my kids need me, maybe I only clean for 10 minutes, but in my mind, it's okay because Tuesday is going to happen again in seven days, right? Or six days, like in six days, I'll have another sh shot at this. And so at least twice a month, my bathroom gets deep cleaned because two times in a month, my kids will let me. And then the other two days, they really need me. And it goes like that with every room in my house. And it just is this way of like keeping up on the things that are important to you without it being so rigid that by the end of the day, you felt like you were all work and no play, you know, like I don't want to live my life just being this mom who had everything perfectly together, but couldn't stop to have the conversation with my son. And I think that that is something that's just like, it does. You just look at the way that God created the world, the world and the rhythms that he gave us six days of work and one day of rest and the sun setting and the sun rising in the morning and the winter versus the summer. And as women are cycles. And if you just like would lean into those rhythms there that you just feel so much more rested. So to go with his rhythms, um, obviously keeps me connected by relinquishing my control and saying, no, I trust you that you're in control and that you created my body and this world in this way for a certain reason, whether I understand it or not, I still trust that you're God and you're right. And then I got to say this to my son today. It was so cute. I was like, I told him that he was creative, that he was a creator. And he said, no, God's a creator. And I'm like, oh, but buddy, like, what are we, we're made in God's. And he goes image. And I just like, I didn't know if he was going to know or not. And it was just so precious. And I was like, 
that's right. So if we're made in God's image, we also get to create. So you are creative, you are a creator. And um, I think that that's how rhythms have felt to me this year is how can I create in my home these touch points that keep us grounded in what's important to us. Like I don't want to run a a circus. I really do want to run a home, but like in that I can have rhythms that ground me. And if I miss them one day, it's okay. Cause I know that it's going to be the same rhythm that I can get to tomorrow. Like reading to my kids. If I didn't get to read aloud today, even though my goal is to do that every afternoon, I know I can do it again tomorrow because I have the rhythm built into our day. So it's okay to say yes to a play date or to host people on an unexpected day or to have a movie day because it snowed outside. Like it's okay to be, to hold them loosely. And it also opens you up to being able to surrender your moments to God and what he wants you to do instead of being so focused on what you want. And I think in the Bible, ambition is mostly talked of as our selfish ambition. And I think that when we hold too tight to our schedules and our routines, it's all for our selfish ambition. And when we surrender and create rhythms that are things that are important to us and we know we're called to, but we surrender them to God, that's a quieter ambition. Hmm. I love everything that you just said. I could not have said it better. <laughs> I think I thought of, so John Mark Comer again, I heard him say this recently that, you know, the more that you walk with God, the more that you crave quiet. And the less music you listen to when you're driving, the less you'll have the TV on, the less you'll want background noise, and the more you'll want to just sit in quiet. And in order to surrender from personal experience, I can't surrender when I have a to-do list that I just need to do, you know, or I have the routine in a sense that I just want to accomplish or... I, I have too many things going on. I, I can't quiet myself because then I can't even figure out what I need to surrender because I'm not quiet enough. And I think as you were talking, I just kept thinking of that, of like when, when you walk with God, you will literally just fall into rhythm, like whether you know it or not. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a piece of surrendering and learning the rhythms and learning, you know, what what it looks like to have kind of the the rhythm in your life, like rhythm almost like a dance. You know, dance should be easy and flow and someone could join you in the dance and it just be easy. But I guess I, I just think, I, I don't know. I feel like I could talk on circle, like in circles on rhythms and, and creating quiet. And I think you're right with the whole ambition. I mean, I'm sure when people saw that letter and read it, I, I'm sure they thought of their sin. You know, I'm sure they thought of selfish ambition, you know, first. And, and maybe it really just struck them to their core and was like, oh, wow. You know, I'm not supposed to meddle in other people's life. I'm supposed to serve other people. Mm -hmm. And that means not knowing anything about them or their life or 
anything like that, any details. It just means loving them and taking the humble position. And I think in relation to our homes, when we're not doing that, then even if, you know, I just think of when I have a whole morning planned out, it's always then my kids wake up. Why do we think that? We blame it on our kids. But what if God is really just trying to get you to be less selfish? <laughs> I mean, I won't remember that tomorrow morning when my kids wake me up at 5 a.m. when I want to just be alone. I won't remember that, but maybe I will. Okay. Um, actually, there's been a really sweet thing that has happened to me in the last like two weeks like regarding waking up with kids. And honestly, Haley, your podcast about surrender helped me so much in this as I was processing through it. But Joey started leaving to work really early again. So before I'm up and Shiloh has been waking up every night and she ends up in our bed and I can't get out of bed in the morning without waking her up. So it's like, do I wake up at five knowing that she's also going to wake up at five or do I just lay in bed until seven so that she's in bed until seven, right? Like I have chosen to just be there with her in this season, knowing it's going to be a short one. But like, I still felt myself getting resentful of like having no time to myself at all, because then by the time he is getting home from work, I'm starting on dinner. So it's not even like, oh, now I have like a little bit of time to like do something for me. It's like, no, now it's dinner time. So I'm like doing that. And so I have just been laying in bed, waking up, like still setting an alarm, but I'll just lay there. And that's been my time to like surrender my day to God. And of course, I'm like dozing in and out because how do you stay in a dark room at 6 a.m. and not doze in and out as a mom? But in that, Judah has been running into my room every morning at 7. And it went from me being like really annoyed because he comes in and he's so loud and happy already. And I'm just like, why do you have to be screaming? To like in the past week, I've just like surrendered and been like, okay, this is a season where I get to snuggle my babies at 7 a.m. every morning. And that's like going to be really precious memories. And as I've let go of it, he has like calmed down and settled in. And he like will bring a stuffed animal for him and for Shiloh in in the morning. And we'll just like all snuggle in bed. They'll have their little stuffed animals. And I just notice how well he plays. It's like that touch point of just like 15 minutes in the morning snuggling. And like having that time and talking to him about what he dreamt about. And this morning, Shiloh was so cute. She looked at him and she goes, morning, Judy. And I just thought that was so precious. And it's just like these things that like, I truly was the 5 a.m. girl. And it could be so easy to be just so mad. And instead, God has just given me this opportunity to like talk to him in, in the dark of like the dawn of the day with my baby snuggled next to me as my toddler comes in to like tell us good morning and just like so, I just so much beauty is lost in strict routines I know some people still like the word routines to each their own but like a strict routine just like sucks the life out of our days I think so one of my like someone in our small group through church, he always asks people, whether it's maybe his first kind of encounter with them, first meeting them, he always asks, like, what do you want to be known for? And he recently asked someone that in front of me. And I was like, you know what, what would I say? And I was mm -hmm. like, you know what, I would say that I want to be known 
for having margin in my life. Oh, that's you know, so like Jesus, I mean, he knew the plan ahead of time. It's not like he was caught off guard, but he would be on his way to save someone's daughter that they were sick. And, you know, a woman would touch him and he would just make time for her. You know, and he wasn't rushed. He wasn't in a hurry, even though someone was dying. Even his best, one of his best friends was dying and actually died. But Jesus was like, it's okay. I'm going to stay here for a few more days. I'll come soon. You know, I'll, I'll be there. Don't worry. But it was just this sense of he just had time. He had margin, you know, and I want, I want margin for just like you said, like if someone stops by randomly or needs to chat that I can just say, ah, come by in the morning. Don't, don't worry. Come by. I'll make you coffee. You know, let's talk about it. Yes. Like just the, I think the, cause I was also the, the 5 a.m. I pride myself on it. Like I was so like, and like perfectionist. I just craved it. And I would agree. I think I, I used to describe myself as type A and the more free that I feel, I'm like, I don't know what type I am, but I'm not, I don't think I'm A or B. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't know I, what I am, but I just feel free, you know? I mean, I think it reminds me so much. My, so Finley, he'll, he's my like one who wakes up early. He is just up at sometimes 4 a.m. ready to just roll for the day. And sometimes he'll come in our bed, you know, at like five, we'll give him some books or blocks or something. But then he jumps off the bed, doesn't just scoot because he's a boy. He has to like jump <laughs> off the bed, belly flop off. And then he goes, ma, ma, come on, come on, ma. Like in this, if anyone knows him, you know exactly what he sounds like. But it's literally this like, ma, come on. And I'm always like, Oh my gosh, like it is 6 a.m. But he's ready to go. And I was telling my mother-in-law that the other day and she was like, oh, I remember my boys doing that. And it just made me think like, oh, it's never that I'm mad at him, but it just reminds me like, I want to remember that, you know, like I want to take time to be like, I want to remember that about him because it's, it's so fun. You know, and even though I'm so tired, but just those sweet mornings when your kids do come in bed with you or it truly is surrender, though. I mean, there's no other word for it. You know, it. I, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe what would give you more peace. Totally. And I just think with what you're saying about your mother-in-law, it's like, it's hard to imagine that these are going to be our memories, you know, and, and you've, you've never walked by an older lady who didn't tell you how much she miss misses the season. Right. And so that was another thing that was really convicting to me is just like, I don't want to miss it. I will miss it in a way of that was amazing, but I don't want to miss it in a way of, oh, I missed that. Like Mm -hmm. I missed that because I wasn't present in it. When my kids grow up and move away, I'm going to be heartbroken. I cry about it almost daily already. (laughs) Just thinking about it. I just love this season so much, but I will be darned if I say that I missed it. I'm not going to miss it. I'm here for all of it and I will be present for all of it. I love that. And I think 
there's a difference. So I actually just read this statistic and it's very interesting with kind of what we're talking about. And as you were saying that, like there's a difference between being here, you know, being being present and being presently available. You know, mm. we're just like, we can be here, but what if we are sucked in on social media, you know, on our phones in front of our kids? And that's kind of the world that we're in. And I read this statistic. I don't remember where. I don't know who said it or shared it. So don't quote me on it. But it was something like, so more moms are home with their kids, like a significant amount from just the last maybe decade even, like staying home, but kids are still feeling very disconnected. And that's almost more sad to me thinking, yes, maybe we are home or we're around or parents work from home now. You know, like I think ever since a few years ago, the work from home life has boomed and it's great. But I do think it is the, will I put my phone down in order to have a conversation with my spouse for one thing and not just nod my head and say, mm-hmm, <laughs> and as if I'm listening. Um, but also then with your kids, you know, I think that also is like part of rhythms because phones, we can't, we can't get rid of technology at this point. It is, it's too there, it's too present ingrained. They're, they're a necessity in, in some capacity. But I do think, you know, we talk about parenting your phones and you put them away a certain time at night and you put them to bed and you don't look at them when you wake up in the morning or I like they're not in our bedroom. You know, we keep them downstairs. Um, And I think that's also just a, I don't know, just falls into the rhythm of we have rhythms with our family, but how do we then protect and guard that time with our family? Yeah, totally. And that is parenting your phone. That's a rhythm. And sometimes I think we hear it and we don't even know what to do with a rhythm, right? And it's just, Mm -hmm. you just look at the pain point of your life and of your day, whether that's waking up in the morning or whether that's afternoon, whether it's the so-called witching hour, whatever it is, you just look at those times and you say, how do I add peace and beauty and joy to this moment? And then you come up with a rhythm and maybe it's putting on your diffuser. That's like a huge Mm -hmm. one for me is just like starting my days with my diffuser going and putting my phone away at a certain time of night so that me and my husband can have some time together. And it's not these big things it just takes discipline because it's very countercultural and everything that's placed in front of us right now is designed for convenience and entertainment and it's very addictive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is the discipline and it really is discipline on the moms who do set the tone in the home. Yeah. You know, for the technology and I don't know. I think that's so true. You know, I was talking to my kids this morning because we've started homeschool and I'm trying to, you know, we like switch up kind of our morning little routine or rhythms of just how we start and enter into preschool or (laughs) into homeschool. And today we, I decided to just do some stretching and little movement and stuff. And I told 
my littles exactly what you and I would would have shared a couple years ago. I was like, you know what? In the morning, to honestly have just a really good start to your day, if you can nourish your body, you have a good breakfast, if you can meet with God, I was like, Mm -hmm. you read your Bible and you pray. And if you can just move your body, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to, you know, even be outside. It's just moving your body. And I was like, you guys, we did all three of those things. And they were so excited. I mean, it's so easy. Not not easy. It does take discipline. But it really is. It's just the rhythm. And just think of, you know, like you said, like you you don't think that you're raising adults, but you are. I mean, you have to view it as I am raising a man. I am raising a woman. (laughs) How do I want them to be when they are older and can choose a spouse and maybe a career and, (laughs) you know, what they want to be passionate about and do with their time? Um, It is, it is pretty crazy. Yeah. So you mentioned Joey leaving for work pretty early now. I know that's kind of gone back and forth and everything. Yes. But let's kind of chat about our husbands. Um, They're both kind of in, you know, a business field. And, you know, let's chat about when they leave the house wearing a dress shirt and tie or carrying their golf bags while we're still in our PJs, cleaning up breakfast, or when they get home And, you know, after, let's just say, eating a steak dinner with colleagues or business partners, because that has for sure obviously happened. And, you know, they walk in, we're literally on our hands and knees cleaning up spilled milk. I mean, this is like a scene that I could paint in our home, not every day, because Alexander does work from home, but these things do happen. And I know Joey works out of the house. So this honestly could obviously leads to competing with your spouse. You know, it could lead to resentment, comparison, um, anger even. And so, you know, how have you personally wrestled with these emotions? And, you know, why why do you still do it? Why do you clean up the spilled milk when you're like, oh, you, you brought your golf bags again? You know, how, <laughs> how do you do it? How do you personally wrestle with these? Because I have 100% <laughs> had to wrestle with these. And we've had these legit, you know, conversations about this and it, it is hard. Yes, it's really hard. And I have struggled. We've been married for six years. That was another thing about us. Our anniversaries were a week apart, which was all like before we knew each other. So we're very similar in our marriages also. Um, and I can genuinely say this is the first year of all six of them that I have not struggled with resentment. I used to have lemongrass oil diffusing every day when he got home from work because it's supposed to help release resentment. And that's how resentful I was. I had to, that was like my rhythm was like, okay, Joey's coming home, put lemongrass in the diffuser and clean up the toys. Like this is what I do. And so I've been there. I've struggled with it a lot. And, um, he's just in a business where he gets to be out and about and with people and yeah, he's successful. Like all the things that I feel like we're told we should want to be. And the biggest change for me this year was just fully stepping into my role 
and fully leaving space for him to step into his role. And for, for us personally, that really has looked like me surrendering an income, making any kind of income for our family and leaving that completely up to him. Cause that was where a lot of my resentment was coming from is like, well, you get to do this and you're out doing that and talking to this person and you're invited to Phoenix and you're going to the U S open and I'm here alone. And isn't my work important and the things that I'm trying to do outside of our kids. And when I just let go of that and said, like my most important work is my kids. I just had a lot of freedom in that. And then a big one, like a daily day-to-day thing that I think anyone can do, whether you're working or not working, is just like, like look at the things of your day that your husband would die to do, right? Like I get to sit outside under the shade of our tree and read a book while my kids chase our chickens around our yard. Like on a Wednesday, right? Like he's working. He honestly, that was another thing. Like he just had a really hard day at work today and just coming home and being like, I just feel so grateful that today while he was doing that, I was picking out a birthday present for a two-year-old. Like there's really is a give and take. And yes, there's some ugly and hard things about our work, but there's also ugly and hard things about their work. And so creating these moments in your day and these rhythms that you really do look forward to and then in them being like, like just thinking about your husband and being like, okay, what would Joey give? We started and Haley, this is so inspired by you. When I stopped getting my grocery pickup, the only grocery store I'll go into is Trader Joe's because it's the only one that doesn't overwhelm me because it's small. And so there's a donut shop right next to our Trader Joe's. And so we go every Friday and we get our groceries, we put them in the car and we sit down for a donut. And my kids are just the best. Like they just look forward to it so much. They like don't even pay for their donut at this point. They just grab it and go sit at our table. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, this is what they have in their bags. Like I have to tell the the lady at the register every week. Um, But like, I'll always send Joey a picture. And this Saturday, this past Saturday, he's like, I want to go to that donut shop with you guys. And so just thinking like, yeah, we can sit here and we can wallow in the hard parts of our day or we can create rhythms that like, and he even told me, he said, I'm so happy that you guys do this every week because I know that you work really hard and your weeks are long and it just makes me really happy to see you guys out of the house doing something that I know you love so much. But like, that's not on your husband to create. That's not on your husband to change what he's doing. That's on you to say, where can I create beauty in my day and really love my days and and make them something that's like worth sitting back and being like, yeah, he gets to go golfing and he gets to have lunch. That's mine is like the fact that he like sits and like gets to eat without <laughs> kids sitting <laughs> on his lap. It like never fails. I feed my kids lunch, my kids lunch. And then if I sit down with my own food, they want my food. And I'm like, I can't believe he gets to eat. Just like the fact that you get to eat is so lucky, right? But like the fact that I get to sit and watch a Halloween show with my son on Thursday at 3 p.m. when he's in a business meeting, that's also really great. And so just recognizing those moments for what they are instead of always looking at at what he's doing and being jealous of that because 
I don't know a husband who wouldn't look at a wife and be like, do you think I want to miss all of these things? I just don't, I don't have friends who have husbands like that at least. Hmm. I think so too. I think we can totally be like, well, I wish I could leave the house every day or I wish I could dress up every day or go out for lunch or something like that. But I honestly am like, would I actually want to do that? <laughs> I did it. I, I sat know. in a cubicle and it was the worst. <laughs> no, I like can't picture that at all. <laughs> and I just think it's so true. Like husbands who work out of the house, even Alexander who does work inside. I mean, he just will say, I hear you guys laughing downstairs like mm -hmm. all day. It must have been a really good day. And or, you know, or he hears, I kind of heard a lot of screaming. <laughs> and so it sounds like it was a really hard day. And I was like, oh, yeah, but I don't remember that out of my day. I don't know. Mm -hmm. it, it probably wasn't that bad of a day. They were just a little feisty or something. You know, it, it really is, you know, what you make it, whether it is the it was an awesome day and then you just want every day with your kids to be like that because that's not the reality or the gosh i wish i could have a whole day to myself to work and i, I think there is you know weight to that and truth of like yeah sometimes moms really do just need a day at home alone or mm -hmm. sometimes they do just need to go out or something but i think the main pursuit an adventure of staying home, I think is so beautiful. And I mean, I've things that you were saying, I've totally wrestled with those same things, I think. And I don't know, I, I do think, you know, earlier when you said your word for the year was foundation, you know, the my word for this year was is vibrant for mm -hmm. 2023. And in the beginning of the year, you know, probably kind of like most people, if you have a little bit of like a goal or something, you know, in the beginning of the year, you're more focused on it and stuff. And every year, I swear, every single year that I've chosen a word for my year, and it's been probably 12 years or something like that, about six months through the year, I just get this thought of, oh, it's not about me. This word is not about, it's not about me. And I usually already have that in my life because I have Christ. <laughs> And so mm -hmm. I just think like this year I have felt the most vibrant when I have taken the role of the servant of my household. Yeah. You know, I'm not focused on my routine. I'm not focused on what I want to do to feel vibrant. Like I, I just embody it. I, I just am vibrant. And it, you know, it's just so interesting. Like your word is foundation and it's like you're just living who you're created to be and you're you're just standing on it you already are you know christ is your foundation yep it's like and the I classic sunday school answer it's like foundation what is it jesus okay yeah. <laughs> do i need to take that for a year yes it's just i just think it's so great it's just teaching your kids so many things um so many things i mean seeing their dad working hard and providing and seeing you stay home. I just think it's, you know, it trickles down. And I think it's really, really sweet. Um, but bringing it back to passion, you know, into our home and marriage, you know, what is what does passion look like in your home and in your marriage with Joey and with your kids? 
Yeah, this, when you sent me this question, I'm like, what does it look like? <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like something that you can, I think so often you can look at it as something outside of your home, right? Like it's almost like a hobby. Like you should be passionate about your hobbies instead of like about what's going on here. Um, but Joey and I talked about it a little bit and there's just, when you, when, when you show up with passion and the way that God has really worked it out in me this year in particular is the passion for the identity and the gender that he's given me and the role that he says I get to play in this world based off of that. When I'm passionate about that, not resentful of that or bummed or thinking that Joey's role is better when I'm passionate about that that comes through to my kids and that's going to come through to judah in a way of what a godly woman looks like when he's searching for a wife someday and that's going to come through to shiloh in if that that is going to reflect whether she is passionate about her home or not is how she sees me in my home and that just feels so huge i just want to raise a little girl who sees the beauty I actually, the girl who babysits for us, she's like the best ever. She's 15 or 16, maybe just turned 16. She's super young. And the first night that she was over, she was just raving about like wanting to be a mom and a wife. And I'm like, wow, what 15 or 16 year old in this generation like thinks that that is a worthy pursuit. But I know her mom and her mom just like walked that out so beautifully in her life. And so when I'm passionate about making dinner and when I'm passionate about opening my Bible with them and when I'm passionate about us getting time outside and healing our bodies and and focusing on our health and our neighbors like when I'm passionate about bringing meals to a mom who just had a baby like my kids when I do that with a heart that's filled with passion compared to a heart that's filled with bitterness that that's what I have to do, then my son is going to be able to step into his manhood better and my daughter is going to be able to step into her womanhood better. And so it really does matter. And we do the same thing with Joey. Like, of course, I wish that Joey was home. And I feel like for a long time, that was the goal is like work so hard. So my husband can be home and I can rescue him from his lot in life of being a man being provider. And now I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Like, I want my son to see his dad and how hard he works and how committed he is to his job. And how whenever he walks through the door, you wouldn't even know he had a job. Like he's just there. He's so present. He's such a good father and such a good husband. And he is such a good friend. Like he's all these things. And that is going to develop Judah into the man that he needs to be. And then what a gift for a little girl to see a man like that in her life. Because so many girls don't see that or know that. And then I just look at the people that he gets to work with. And we get really passionate about that, about the women that he's working with and do they know what a god fearing man who's loyal to his family and also good at his work looks like there's not that many of them out there right now and so what a gift for these women to get to be around joey and what a gift for 
these men to get to be around him. And that's just as important as our home. And I don't know, it's just, it just really is like accepting these roles and not, and like, so that you're, you're done where I'm reading this book right now. And he was talking about unthankfulness as a sin and how, when you, um, when you're, uh, when you're ungrateful for the things in your life, you're a victim to them. So am I a victim to being a woman? Am I a victim to my femininity or am I a steward of it? Cause when you get to this place of acceptance and then where I'm finding myself is love, like I haven't accepted this role. I'm loving this role. Then it's easy to steward it with so much passion. And that is a legacy worth leaving to your kids and to future generations. Hmm. I really like that answer. And I think, you know, it it's a really good segue into what I wanted to kind of ask you next of like, you know, the word passion is rooted in the word suffering and it means to suffer and bear with and endure and compassion means to suffer with. And I think, you know, exactly what you were saying, you know, like when you are, when you're showing your kids that you're passionate about, you know, birth and, you know, caring for a new mom or who just had another baby and you bring them a meal. I mean, in that, like you are suffering in a way, you know, you're, you're suffering with them. You're like, oh man, I have been there. I've been that tired. I have empathy and the sympathy for you. Like I am willing to suffer with you. I think the passion in that is, and kind of like the but you could also say the suffering is just making time for it, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I think you you do choose what you suffer in some capacity. And I just think if you're willing to suffer on behalf of someone else, it, it might, it's so backwards. And that's the way the gospel is and Jesus worked, but it ends up being so beautiful and it ends up being serving and it ends up being so selfish, self selfless. and. <laughs> I mean, isn't that just, it It just makes sense, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's, it literally is when you do bring passion into anything that you do and letting someone see that eventually, hopefully you do just love it and you do endure it because you're willing to, you know, I mean, the mark of Proverbs 31 woman is that she had willing hands. And if mm-hmm. we're not even willing, I mean, we're never even going to be passionate about something because we're not even willing to suffer for anything on behalf of anyone and or suffer with anyone. Um, I just really like that. I mean, do you experience, I, I don't even know, like, do you experience kind of the suffering in certain ways or does that, does that make sense in, you know, it's not this, it doesn't have to be this treacherous, treacherous way of suffering. I think like we might think, mm-hmm. but I guess, how do you experience the suffering that passion does bring in your home or in your marriage? It really goes back to kind of even your question about like being resentful of your husband, right? Is like, yeah, there are tasks that we have to do and it is very repetitive and it can be very 
mundane and there's nothing like spending an hour vacuuming and mopping your floors for your husband to get home and give your kids a cookie or something (laughs) and like to see crumbs on the floor, right? Like there really are these things that we really are dying to ourselves daily to continue to show up to, even though we know it's temporary and not permanent. And I think that that has been a place of suffering for me in this job sometimes is just like, man, I'm going to clean that toilet and then my three-year-old's going to try and pee in it and it's going to need to be done again. Right. And I do, I have to endure through it and And I just have to know that it's temporary and that that is, I just think of like suffering with trials and count it all joy when you face trials because um, like you're growing to be like Christ, right? So, So we don't have to be thankful for the parts of our jobs that we don't love, but we do get to be grateful that we're conformed to to Jesus's image through them. And in that, the same book, I'll just say that the book is Respectable Sins. Um, in that same book, he said that in our hard trials and in our suffering, we are conformed to the image of Jesus and we're we can know that in them we're enveloped in God's love. So no, like everything about my days isn't like rainbows and sunshine at all. And it can be really hard, but in the midst of like the mundane and the tedious and the hard, I know that I'm being conformed to the image of Jesus. And at the same time, I'm enveloped. I just loved that word in God's love. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I think that reminds me of, again, in Proverbs 31, when it just says, and her husband has no lack of gain. Hmm. And I think it makes me think of two things. You know, one, I, when Alexander goes to work, I don't question if he's going to make money or I don't question if he's working, you know, I'm, I don't like, he doesn't make me feel a lack of gain because Mm -hmm. I know he's doing his job. And so on the other end, you know, how beautiful is it to be able to have the clean house and for your husband to just not question if he's going to have a hot meal waiting for him when he gets home from a long day, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, why would he, why should he have to question that? He just worked for like 10 hours. I mean, that's the least he should get. Don't you think? I mean, it's almost just like, get it together. Like just, just do what you're supposed to do and honor your husband in that because he honors you in providing in that way. And I do think there is suffering, you know, they get home and then there's mud on the floor or the kids tracking the cookie crumbs, you know, whatever it is. And you're like, oh my gosh. But I do think what you said in the beginning, and I have a similar kind of cleaning, you know, rhythm kind of schedule in a way of I, for 30 minutes every day, I'm just going to clean one aspect of my home. And however clean it gets is how clean it's going to be for the next week. And then the next week, I'm going to look at that same room and be like, what do I need to get done? (laughs) You know, it's 
it really is just, it's okay. Also, you know, I've started saying like, or just uh, probably this last year, I've really just been like, you know what? I'm just going to leave the dirty dishes in the sink when I have guests over. I'm purposefully going to do it because do you even think they notice? Probably not. And if they notice, they probably have an insecurity and don't like it either in their home. <laughs> but maybe it'll give them freedom to just leave the dirty dishes. You know, I mean, it's mm -hmm. just, I just keep thinking as we're talking, like there is just so much freedom when we surrender to the things that we want or we think could satisfy us. Yeah. Um, so true. It is. So I want to kind of change up the next couple questions. And I want you to be able to say, you know, whatever you want to share. But lately, you know, you've been talking about just romanticizing the mundane in, in your life and in your home and with your kids. And I kind of want to tie that in to what we want to talk about next because, you know, I, I want to talk about just how are the passions, you know, of your life kind of an overflow of what's already taking place inside your home. Um, I think you and I would both agree, like we start in our home and everything outside of it is just kind of an overflow of that. And, but I think I just love your terminology lately of like, you're just romanticizing the mundane, you know, how do those things tie together with, you know, instilling passion in your kids and making what you do outside of your home, just an overflow of what's already happening in your home. That's a good question. Um, I just really think that part of what I have loved about my identity as a daughter is that God is so, like, he's, he's all the things, right? That's why he needed male and female to, like, say, like, this is my full identity. But the one of the gifts that he gives us as women is to like bring the beauty into the world. And so for me, romanticizing the mundane moments is like, how do I take this thing that has to be done? Because it's like you're saying, it's a way to honor my husband and honor my family and love my neighbors. Like it's something that has to be there. And now how do I beautify it? And how do I make it something that's lovely? And I think that it really involves touching on your five senses. And so um, like adding something, like like adding something that smells really good, adding something that looks really beautiful, um, really focusing on like what you're feeling. I really love focusing on like the light in my house. That just feels really romantic. And I just like the fall, the light just hits so differently in your home, right? And when you take a second to notice that, you you can like zoom out and be like, yeah, this actually could be a movie. Like this could be a romantic <laughs> comedy. It really could. And like just accepting that. And even like this morning, like I got out of bed with my kids and I'm like, oh, I can tell like it's a pretty sunrise. So like, I just like made Judah run to the window with me. I'm like, oh, look at the colors. Like, what colors do you see? And he's been memorizing. I know we're doing the same morning time study. So Psalm 19. And so like, 
okay, how does that declare God's, um, like the skies proclaim his handiwork and God Mm -hmm. made that. And just like getting to like really piece together those pictures for them and just like make something as simple as like getting out of bed really beautiful, right? Like we all have to do it. You have to get out of bed. You have to wash the dishes. So it's like, I even, I don't know, I was like watching, I don't know where I got it, but someone like had just one candle on their stovetop while they were cooking. And I'm like, yeah, why the heck wouldn't I have like this one beeswax candle flickering here? And I had that this morning when like the sun was still like, it was still pretty dark outside and I was making oatmeal for my kids. Not really that exciting, but like put a candle on, add some pumpkin pie spice in there and put on some worship music. And all of a sudden it was like, I couldn't stop taking pictures of my (laughs) house at breakfast time because it just like, it just becomes so beautiful. If you just like look at, at the normal things you have to do. And it's like, how, how do I make this beautiful? Hmm. I think you saying that just is like, oh, that's why I do certain things, you mm-hmm. know, or like it just come becomes so innate. You know, I just keep thinking of what John Mark said, like the more you walk with God, the more that you crave quiet, the more you crave almost the mundane because it's not mundane, right? I don't know where that terminology came from. Like it's not mundane to be in our house with our kids. And yeah. I think it's so funny that you brought up light. I had no idea how you're going to respond But with light, you know, in the summer, I know it's summer when the light in our kitchen hits a certain wall a certain Mm. time of day. I'm like, oh, it's summer. Like it (laughs) just and it just I don't know. I remember that for the last three years being in our home. But I have taken photos throughout the seasons and years of how the light hits certain aspects of our home. And I just know if I look back at a photo, I'm like, oh, that's autumn. Like, I just know it. But it is almost romanticizing the moment. Or I know for myself, you know, Sabbath is, you know, been a huge rhythm and, you know, guiding in my life. And I have always lit candles on the Sabbath. And I don't think of it as romanticizing. I just think of it as, oh, I'm making a loaf of bread. Why would I not light a candle on the Sabbath? You know, or hmm, I really, really like that because you do want to savor the moment or take a picture just so you can remember. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. I think that's really beautiful. So, all right. Do you want to say anything else about, you know, passions kind of being an overflow of what's already happening inside your home or kind of how you instill passion in your kids? I I think that one part that feels really important to me and especially in a time when as women we are free to do so much and we can choose what we want that to be is just your work outside of the office does not or your work outside of your home in an office or whatever your your workplace is it it doesn't fill you up in a way that leaves space for you to come home like if your main focus is that 
you come home and you will be tired and you will be drained. And this is speaking from complete experience. But when you let it start in your home, you're going to be amazed at what God does with your energy and your creativity and your life. And when the things in your home, when you put rhythms to them, and that's something that's so important too, is like, it doesn't take a stay at home mom to light a candle at dinner and to put her phone away at seven, right? Like it doesn't take a stay at home mom to romanticize breakfast with her kids or the drive to school, like drop off. Like, what does that look like? It doesn't take a mom who's only at home to make this happen. It just takes a mom and a wife. And so no matter where you're at, if you do that, and if your heart truly is on the focus of that, then you're going to feel there's a different feeling of dropping your kids off at school after a really cozy and romantic morning and then getting to work and having this like unfrazzled freedom about you to like pour your energy where you are now compared to someone who just had a really ugly, rough morning, gets into the office late and you can't stop thinking about how you snapped at your kid or how hard life is at home. And so I just think that it can be so easy because I've been there. I've been the girl sitting in a cubicle, listening to moms tell me <laughs> like what life could be, right? And it just seems so impossible. And I would just encourage you that you just start at home. You start at home and you make the time that you are there beautiful and peaceful and joyful. And from that, God will, he multiplies your time. You're like, your time really is his fish and loaves. Like it makes no sense to me. It makes no sense how I'm able to do as much as I'm able to do now compared to a year ago. And it's just because of this multiplication of my heart starting for my home. Mm -hmm. And I think the kind of identity piece that you didn't necessarily say, but you totally hit on it is, you know, I feel like when I just had one, I just had Liliana, I was, she was maybe a, a little over a year old. I think I felt like I didn't know who I was. I think mm -hmm. I got to a place in marriage that marriage was, it was like steady, but I still didn't and I felt good about it. And I really enjoyed being a mom. I was like, I don't really want to do anything else, but I just feel like I don't know who I am. Like I've lost myself in motherhood. And I kind of had a, I, I like asked a friend and, you know, it was really helpful and stuff. And now, you know, I had kids before some of my friends did. And I was out with some friends a couple weeks ago and they both have kids, boys who are a little over a year old and they both you know, one of them specifically said, I looked in the mirror the other day and I didn't recognize myself. And I was like, oh, like I've been there, you know, and it, it totally is that identity shift. And I feel like it is the, you know, do you see yourself as a full-time mom, even though you might work full-time, you know, do you see yourself as the homemaker, even though you might work part-time? And I think that is where you can speak so much life over yourself of, okay, maybe I won't make seven homemade meals in a week, but I could maybe prep 
two or three on the weekend and then do a crockpot meal once a week and then have leftovers the other two nights, you know, or something like that. And I think though it really is the identity. And I think every mom that I've ever met has always struggled with this. I mean, Alexander called me out on it in the podcast that we did together. He's like, it's hard for you not to work. And it is like, I'm not career driven. I really am driven by my passions. But I even think, you know, pursuing something other than specifically my home, I think of this podcast and think, gosh, if you would have told me a few years ago, I'd be up at 1030 doing something, you know, randomly that isn't making me money, that isn't, I mean, I just would have laughed at you because I'd be like, um, if I want to wake up at 5 a.m., I have to go to bed at 8.30. <laughs> so whatever. But I obviously, like, when you are doing something that you are passionate about, you have this identity and what you do outside of your home is just an overflow of what's already yeah. happening. I just think that it just feels so good. I mean, I can't describe it as anything else. Like it just, it just feels right. It's a light, it's an easy yoke and a light burden. That's really what it is. Is it, is it when you like settle into this identity and you surrender it to God and say, I, I agree with you. I agree with you and what you say about me. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life figuring that out exactly what it is but i know this little piece of it and i'm gonna settle into that then it's easy and it's a big part of the reason i got off of instagram and i've talked to you about that is i felt like i was on there trying to tell people the things that i wanted to do in my home like oh i'm starting this new challenge or i'm doing this or you should join me in this and it wasn't this overflow of what actually was going on yet and I've just taken the year to just like focus on that. And then you can't help but share. You can't help it because it just bubbles out of you. And it really is. It just does stem from this identity. And it's probably harder now than it's ever been in a world where we say things like, I'm just a mom. Because there's so many other things we could be on top of that, right? Instead of being like, I'm a mom. And Joey, he keeps telling me, he, he'll say this to people that we just meet. He's like, Steph runs a nonprofit. She has two disciples that she's working with really closely with. She doesn't get paid for it. And they're like so intrigued. And then I'm like, yeah, I stay home with my kids. Like if you <laughs> didn't catch that, like that's what I do. But like, he's right. That's a really important ministry. And when you get excited <laughs> about that, then it's like, okay, now like I, I have been up since seven taking care of my home and my kids all day. and it's fun to talk about the way that the Lord has provided and shown me the goodness of this job this late at night because, because he's taught me and opened my eyes how to love it, you know, because he's given me passion. Yeah. I think it's so funny. I want to read <clears throat> the scripture that you said. But I was 
Alexander and I were talking about jobs and how we're like, you know, I'm really excited for when our kids are older that we can kind of, you know, mold them down a path of, you know, what what are you passionate about and what what do you want to do for work? You know, whether it's career or not, you know, just if you're passionate about kids, why don't you, you know, go to a kid's camp for the summer and, you know, be a camp leader or something. Um, or if you're passionate about the elderly, you know, you could work in an old folks home or something. You know, we we're just trying to like think of that, but we're like, but what were our first jobs? You know, his was legitimately sweeping the floor. He swept the floor at a company and um, we were talking and he's like, it would be really awesome actually to look at our jobs and just see how much, you know, money we've made just over the course of the jobs, like where we started out, you know, minimum, probably not even minimum wage to just the ups and downs of the different jobs that we've had. And I'm like... Like, well, Alexander, I know where I'm at today. I was like, my graph would look like, a, you know, steady going up. And then it would be a hard line all the way down to the bottom. <laughs> I became a mom. And then it would just be straight. <laughs> and he was, we laughed for like five minutes. <laughs> I was like, like yeah, fun game. <laughs> I was like, you do that. That would be great for you. I, on the other hand, already know what my graph looks like. <laughs> but it's just so true. But it's like, I would proudly mark that dot on the infograph as became a mom. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know. But all the other jobs prepped me for it. Yeah. And it's just so sweet. Um, so I love how you started off. Um, the last time that you started talking after I was talking about identity and what it looks like. And, you know, you just said a chunk of scripture that is so near to both of our hearts and with an easy yoke and a burden that is light. And I want to read it from the message version because it really gets to, I feel like our culture and just what we really feel. So this is in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28, starting in 28. And it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, come away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And that's Jesus talking, if you didn't know. And I just think the unforced rhythms of grace. I mean, what if someone came up to you and just said, Oh, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. I would be like, Sign me up with whatever the job is because I am tired and I am worn out. I feel like I'm burnt out. Where do I go? And he just says to come. And I just think, I mean, who wouldn't want that? Have you heard of the band Rain for Roots? It's like a children's um, like worship. No. Okay, there's this song and it's called Come to Me. 
And this is like the whole song. Come to me, walk with me, learn the rhythms of my grace. Come to me, I have all you need. Learn to rest even while you are awake. Are you tired? Are you worried? Worn out from the day? Have you been in a hurry? I will slow your pace. So obviously that's the scripture behind it, right? When I was pregnant with Shiloh, I just remember being so tired, but not able to sleep. And just like going downstairs and being like, Lord, I don't know what to do. I can't sleep. I'm so tired. How am I going to do this with two kids? And I just finally was like, I'm just going to like play some music. And I just like put my Spotify, just like pulled it up and played it. And that was the song that came up. And I just like the very end, it just says, I will slow the pace. And I just knew from that moment on that like, there's just so much striving as women right now. Like we don't trust our identity. And the more I learn about femininity and I've heard it, I hear it from girl dads all the time. And it's so precious is like, I heard it from one of the guys at a birthday party today. They were talking about snowboarding and now he has a son, but he has an older daughter. And he's like, yeah, because we're thinking about getting Judah in lessons. He was like, yeah, I just like, haven't thought about that with her because I just like don't care. Like I don't want to push it on her, but like I'll get my son in snowboarding lessons. And I'm like, that is just who we are to God. We're just already innately beautiful and worthy. And we just add beauty by our presence. And if we would just slow our pace and allow our identity to show through in the assignments that he has for us right in front of us, no matter where they are, we would just feel so much more joy in that. And Joey said the same thing about Shiloh. Like, I don't care what she's going to be. I just like love being around her. And it's like, that is innate femininity. And we're striving for these recognitions and to be seen and to make something of our life. And it's like, no, we are the crown of creation. And that's really important. Like that alone is just like the beauty that God added to. It's like you have Adam. He's like, all right, crown of creation. Here's my image. Wait, stop. Not good. Now it is. And it's like when we really settle into that of like my presence and my innate nurturing and loving and caring heart is not something to to try and like push aside so I can achieve, that's when you slow down and you're, you really do, you get to help God put those rhythms of grace back into a sinful humanity. And I just find so much purpose in that as a wife and a mom. Hmm. I think as you were talking about the striving, I just kept thinking, we just move faster than the pace of Jesus. Like we often just don't slow down enough and long enough to actually experience where he is. And I think with the difference of sons and daughters, I think you've read both these books, um, Wild at Heart and then Captivating. And the main question that they ask for both genders is for men, they, you know, they just want to know if they have what it takes. Like they're constantly just kind of asking, like, do I have what it takes? And I mean, gosh, my, you know, Finley's only two, but he is just like his ma, ma, come on, come on. Cause he <laughs> wants to show me how he can belly flop off the couch. And I'm like, mm -hmm. awesome. 
you have what it takes. <laughs> you know, like, that's great. <laughs> you, know, that's, you got it all. But uh -huh. really, I mean, he was trying to, we were at the farm the other day and he was trying to pull a tractor that was 2,000 pounds. It was so <laughs> cute, but he wouldn't give up. Like, it was just like an innate, no, I've got what it takes. Yeah. And then women, this makes me just weep because I feel it so deep in my soul of women ask, am I lovely? And I think that is just, I mean, I don't know a woman who doesn't ask that. And I don't think that's asking, I don't think that's asking like in vain, like, am I, am I enough? You know, am I beautiful enough? But I, I also, though it is, and I think when you know Christ, it is like, oh, I am lovely. And if I'm in, made in the image of God and I'm a creator, then I need to create lovely things. Yeah. And I think that's in our home. And I think that's romanticizing what we do. And I think then, you know, when a dad can see that in her daughter or when a husband sees that in his wife, I mean, just think of, I don't know, just think of the man that Shiloh will, you know, want to follow someday. You know, mm -hmm. someone who who also knows just how lovely she is. And I don't know, it, it is just so beautiful. And I think then dads that see that in their daughters, like, Ugh, I don't care what they become. I don't care what they get into. Perfect time she is. <laughs> right. I don't know. That's yeah. just so beautiful. And I love that. Um, well, this has been a really fun conversation. Wrapping up, I have two more questions for you. These are ones that I want to ask everyone. So what do you wish more people asked you about? <laughs> I feel like we've been like on these like deep topics. And now I'm going to tell you. I was you like, how do I, I transition? Love, I would love to come over and declutter your closet. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. But really, it, it seems so superficial, but... I know that we both just like really love living minimally and the more I do it, the more I'm learning. I just love space. And I think that that goes with like a slow living and just like creating space and giving my mind place, a place to rest and giving my heart a place to be content with what I have. So decluttering is just so fun and that goes right into setting the atmosphere of my home and those are two things that I work really hard on honestly every day every day I'm carrying something out of my house and every day I'm working really hard to set the atmosphere of my home I love that I think the decluttering I feel like I get on a kick not purging. I think decluttering is different than purging because purging is almost emotional mm. and it's just like a one and done. Like I'm not even thinking about it. It's so not intentional, but the decluttering, I think aspect of it is, is so intentional. And I think I've learned so much from you. And I think you saying like, I love space. I'm like, oh yes, I love space. It feels so good when there's more space. Mm -hmm. um, I like that. So last question, if you could be passionate about one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? It really just goes back to femininity and just God's design for it. 
And I just see that in in my entire story, how he's just woven that so deeply into my heart and what I care about and who I care, like who I have the most compassion for is just women who can't see their identity through his lens. I think that suits you. And share, so share the meaning behind Shiloh's name. Okay, so we, similarly to you guys, because it's super fun, don't find out the gender of our babies. And so Judah didn't have a name for two days, but once he got a name, I just feel like God just like told us exactly like he's Judah, this is why. And so every step of his life has been like, oh, like that's new, but like it's not new because that's totally in line with the character that God told us that you are going to have, you know? And so um, when it came to Shiloh, I was on the name nest Instagram and Shiloh popped up and I was like, oh, Joey, we're like at the end of the night, not parenting our phones. I'm like, what do you think of the name Shiloh? And I'm eight weeks pregnant and Joey gives out names like Habab at eight weeks pregnant. Like, I don't even know, like the stuff that he comes up with. I'm like, actually, there's a baby in my belly and it needs a name. So please stop. (laughs) He just like literally so bizarre. So I'm like, what do you think of the name Shiloh? It means peace. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. But what I love about Judah is his like the meaning of his name and like the verse that goes with it. And so um, I was like, oh, yeah, because his middle name is Armor. So to me, I'm like Ephesians 620, the armor of God. Like I pray that over him all the time. And Joey's like, no, actually, he goes to Genesis 49 when um, – Jacob is giving his sons their blessings. And it says, Judah, you're a lion's cub. The scepter won't return to you, won't depart from you until Shiloh returns. And it was the version he pulled up on his phone. It's not in either of our Bibles. And it happened as fast as I just told the story. And we were both like, okay, so Shiloh (laughs) is the name of our baby. And it's actually masculine in that verse. It's talking about when Shiloh returns, it's the peace that Jesus will bring back. So it is very masculine. Um, And we were both like, but it's for a girl. So we just like knew going in. I Okay, we didn't know because you never know, right? I was convinced Judah was going to be a girl. But when she was born and they put her on my chest and Joey's the one who says it's a girl. It wasn't even like Judah was shocking with her. It was like, I know, like I know I already knew her. And then her middle name is Rose, which is also my middle name. And I decided to like dig a little deeper into that. And Rose is actually like, like the meaning it's like the symbolizes like romance and beauty. And I am just like, it's just so cool because I've I've looked into my um my first name and Stephanie means crowned in victory and I've carried that through my life in hard situations. I'm like, but how can I be dismayed over this? Like I'm crowned in victory. That's who I am. And then to like see Rose in that, so so crowned in feminine victory is really what my name means. And then Shiloh is is peaceful femininity like are you kidding me right now and i just like i didn't think of what rose meant it's just a family name that we're gonna pass down 
Um, and as I, I don't know what that means as much for her, but as I'm seeing it pop through, it's just so beautiful. And she's not a peacekeeper. She's like crazy and silly and rambunctious. And like all these things I was expecting peace to be is just not what she is. And um, I'll share, I just literally this week um, got felt like God finally told me the verse for her and it's James 3 17 and 18 and it says but the wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable gentle open to reason full of mercy and good fruits impartial and sincere and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace and so it's literally talking about peacemakers and how, and then I look at the, at the verse above um, and the things that she is, she's pure and peaceable and gentle and open to reason and full of mercy and good fruits and impartial and sincere knowing that that's what I get to pray over her life. Um, and that that's just like, of course, like, of course, that's the verse that God would give me for my daughter and her feminine heart. I think that's so beautiful. I just think, you know, I mean, names, especially in the Bible, and just in history in general, I mean, we're so purposeful. And I think we've kind of lost that in our culture, but I don't think we can escape it. I think like when, you know, same with us, like we named our kids intentional, but it wasn't the meaning, but the meaning of their names is wild. I mean, just things we prayed for and you know, it, it's just so crazy. I mean, God is in control of every intention that we have. And I just think that's so beautiful. I think it's such a vision for your life and her life and the fruit of your life. I mean, I don't know. I just think that that is so cool. It's been really special. I feel like he speaks to me so much through names and it's just, I, I don't know. It really is so crazy thinking about it and how many layers there are like my parents I'm Stephanie because they thought it would be cute to call me Stevie and it was like the 90s and Stevie Nicks was on their mind <laughs> so like, just like so different right but then like in that it's exactly the passion that God has put inside me is is literally in my name and it is he's sovereign and he's in charge of it all and none of us are outside of his will. I think that, I just think it's so cool. It really is true. We are just not outside of his will. And I think God gives us vision in so many different ways for our household, for our family, for, you know, what we want to pursue. And I don't know, just in our conversation, I, I've just loved it. I'm like kind of scrolling back at certain things and I need to go back and listen so I can take notes based on what you said. But I really just think it's just so cool. I think the story that God has written for you and for you and Joey and now for your kids and just the vision that he's given you guys for your life and just where you're at, it's it's just really inspiring. And I just feel like I'm so, so grateful that I can call you friend and maybe someday we'll live close again, hopefully. 
in the near future. But I don't know. We said this in the beginning, but Steph and I lived literally less than a mile up the road from each other for years and didn't know it. And we met like a week after I moved to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. Still trying to figure out God's idea about that. <laughs> right. And it was like, we went to the same church at one point. We had kids. Our kids are literally six months, almost exactly six months apart, like both times. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Soul sisters meant yeah. to be. Well, all right. We've said, well, I said this in the beginning, you know, you're not on social media anymore. But so where you're still online, though, you know, where can people find you these days? You know, since you're not on social media anymore, where can people find what you teach on, read your blog posts and stay connected with you? Yeah, I am at stephanietrinkle.com and I am working really hard to be consistent on an email list. I love sharing through that um, and someday that is a goal. But right now I'm blogging sporadically and emailing sporadically and it's really fun to get to share things not on the fly as they're happening, but after I've had time to process and, and work through some of the thoughts and feelings I'm having. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'll have all of this like in the show notes and in the blog posts that I'll have on my website. Um, but yeah, I just love it. You've inspired me in so many ways with social media and just even a new way to like share words with others. And I think even your quick little emails that you send out every month or sporadically, they're minimal. And they're such a good depiction of your heart and your life. And so if you are wanting a quick, inspirational, non-spammy, for sure, email, you can sign up for her list and stay connected with Steph and her sweet family. Um, but Steph, is there anything else that you would like to say? No, I mean, I'm just so grateful and it's just such an honor to be with you. I tell everybody in my life that if I need wisdom, that's where I go is to you, Haley. And so getting to be here with you and just to have these conversations and how much of my life and motherhood you've shaped and challenged me. I feel like I've grown so much just because I see the way that you serve and love your family. And it's always inspired me so much. And I just love you. Oh, thanks. I love you too. You know, I think that iron sharpens iron. Amen. All right. <laughs> well, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you have a great week. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review, give it some stars, and share it with a friend. I want to thank you in advance, and I look forward to chatting with you in the next episode soon.